Welcome to the space where creators have aligned A positive and intellectual collab of open minds For sharing and learning from one another, it's a vibe We give us a podcast on the mic Subscribe, educators, spitting bars I guess you didn't know I'm multifaceted and humble Taking off life goals The classroom is my comfort zone Where I plant and sow Seeds of knowledge, compassion, empathy and hope Reading is the key to unlocking your potential Countless benefits including cognitive and mental Regardless of the genre, books are highly influential Go get yours, I'll get mine Make you strive Monumental Come rock with me and get down to this new jam friends, I had a very simple plan Educate the masses through books and life lessons It's the Grand Slam I'm out Talo Falaba and welcome to the Reads with Russell podcast I am so excited to introduce today's guest He is of Samoan and Tuvaluan descent Born in Dunedin, New Zealand He is currently in his second year as a junior doctor in Wellington it is my honor to welcome to the show my bro, Adam Fatua Ese. How are you? <laughs> it's both us. How are we doing? Um, I'm doing good. Uh, just been kind of just working away doing the bahi. Um, mm. Here to kind of support you on your on your journey through this platform, um, allowing us to have uh, the space. Uh, mm. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, allow me to be here. Um, and enjoy it. Um, I'm waiting to kind of have this telenovel with you. Man, I'm so grateful, bro. Like, honestly, I I realized that even though we're in this pandemic, you know, people are so busy and it's just always exciting when I reach out and people are like, yeah, sure, I'll come on. I'm like, man, I'm so grateful because, you know, this is about sharing stories. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is what the platform is for. And I always like every interview I come away having learned like so much from the guests, no matter how well I know them, like I just go away feeling super inspired. So I'm really, I'm so grateful that you're here today. And I really appreciate the support with the podcast, bro. Straight up. Got your back, got your back. (laughs) (laughs) I guess before we go into anywhere is just, this is an opportunity for you to just, you know, uh, shout out the amazing people, um, you know, that have your back um, in terms of your journey. Mm. Yeah, for villages, what are your villages? Who are your people? Uh, firstly, always has to start with the Lord. Um, he's, I guess, being growing up in a Christian family, as most Samoans are doing, um, get brought up in the church life just to kind of raise you through and, you know, that his spirit's kind of guiding you through your own journeys. Um, and then secondly, mum and dad, I guess they've, they've been kind of the backbone of uh, why I'm here and kind of my journey to date, um, the support that they've given me so far. Um, and then again, my, my siblings as well, we're all kind of spread apart. Um, we've got a, I've got a huge kind of time gap between me and my siblings as well. So I'm the youngest of five. Um, uh, shout out to Alamanda. Uh, Chris Jr. and Jason uh, for kind of being there to support this young little fella grow up to um, be in my own kind of spot, the uh, profession that I'm currently in. And then kind of just growing through that journey with um, my partner, Ivana, and my son, uh, little Leon, um, and then kind of all the wider extended family. Um, That's kind of everyone plays their part kind of throughout your life, just even whether big or small, uh, they kind of help you um, 
get mm-hmm. they, they helped definitely helped me got me to where I am you know I was thinking um because you mentioned you're the youngest of your siblings was the pathway for you always university or were you like when you were growing up did you just dream of being many different things um yeah what was that like for you growing up and you've got your older siblings you know as role models and kind of like you know setting that bar for you Hmm. I guess like growing up in a like small town, small town as as Dunedin, um, having family mainly just based on from Auckland. Um, didn't really have any kind of big dreams or desires kind of coming through school itself. I just kind of lived every day kind of just in the present. Um, university wasn't really kind of the thing. I knew I knew it was going to be something to kind of go for after after high school. Um, but definitely wasn't sure of what things to do after, at university, after university, um, and what kind of career path I'd go on from there. Uh, but definitely something to kind of, that transpired kind of as the years went on. Um, in terms of my siblings and things, definitely my sister, Alamanda, she's currently a research doctor at the University of Otago Christchurch, um, helping to kind of just do her science field and research around kind of Pacific heart health and Maori heart health. Um, and she's definitely making waves through that kind of domain. Um, so that's definitely a factor in terms of being around that space. Um, other factors into it came in just being in Dunedin as well, I guess. Um, it's Dunedin's a small town and it's a university-based town and kind of you kind of see that aspect of the university um live its life through um Dunedin itself because you can see the differences between summer Dunedin when all the students are away and kind of the rest of the year when the students are kind of taking over the town um it definitely gives that uh inspiration to go to university and just kind of try it out for um, at least and so i guess that's another factor for myself to head into university from um dunedin schoolboy. yeah i've heard you say that you you know 18 years old you went into university you didn't really know uh you know testing the waters here and there but and then you left as a doctor i mean that is an amazing accomplishment i mean at what point did you decide, you know what, I think I need to change the path that I'm on and I'm going down yeah. like medicine? Like, what was that factor for you that like changed the trajectory of, you know? Hmm. Yeah, def- definitely, as you rightly said, kind of that 18 year old not knowing what to do. And I guess that, that's, that's not a lonesome story. That's a lot of people who go to university they kind of just unaware they're just wanting to do something um and if not knowing a particular career because 18 you're essentially just finished high school um you're basically put up with a big decision just to change your whole life at that point um which everyone typically says um and yeah just not knowing what to do was uh, a factor in my my case um in terms of the point where 
this decision made to kind of change paths and kind of choose medicine as a, as a career probably came to me in probably my second year. Mm. Um, I was coming up towards probably mid years of my second second year at university. And so that, that, that's about halfway point of the, my first degree. And I was kind of thinking to myself, like, what, what would I do with a science degree um, at that point? Um, I've kind of looked at the options in terms of careers and things and saw it was mainly just lab work or kind of ongoing research or ongoing study um, in kind of this different fields. And kind of thinking about myself, kind of had my own kind of self-reflection and things, um, is that I enjoy helping out people. I guess that's the kind of, a lot of people say that going into medicine, they like helping out people, making sure that um, people are kind of getting the best and in, in towards their kind of health and life. Um, but for myself, just being that kind of Samoan boy, Pacific Island boy, um, knowing that I could help make a change in terms of um, our population who have a great inequity in terms of our health. Um, it's it's important to have the people reflect that in, in the workforce. And so I guess that itself had made a kind of decision in my mind to kind of choose medicine because it gave me that opportunity to help our, our people, our community, um, and just something that I could be able to kind of contribute to. And so that's probably the main reason and point in time, which I chose medicine and it's, and it definitely has been a, um, a career that's benefited a lot to me and myself in terms of my own personal growth and, um, definitely a whole lot more coming in terms of the years to come. You know, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, you're in your second year as a junior doctor. Can you share a little bit about your current role? Like, what does that entail? Like, you've finished your first year. Like, how different is it from what you're doing now? Yeah, I guess at the moment, it's it's not too much different. Um, a whole lot of people don't actually know in terms of if you're not in the medicine field, you're not too sure on how the progress of being a doctor goes um so typically when when i finish graduation or when i did graduate people came up to me and they're like are you a surgeon now are you a gp are you a this or that um but i guess just to kind of quickly explain in terms of training professions of of being a doctor uh you graduate medical school and from there you do two years of being what they call a house officer Mm. Um, it's essentially a doctor in the hospital looking after the ward um, of patients in a kind of a team environment. And so this could be in the medicine field. Um, typically, I like to explain it. If you're going into hospital and you're not requiring any type of surgery or input from a surgical team, you'd be under the medicine side. Um, on the other hand, you'll be on the surgery side, um, which is is that just that um, if you're needing input from a surgical basis, whether you break a bone or mm. um, have a infection of your colon that needs cutting out or something, um, that's kind of the two halves of hospital medicine. 
And so when you're doing your two years as a house officer, um, you're essentially the junior doctor being able to kind of do all the taking care of ward patients, um, doing all the administrative things, and just learning the ropes of kind of all the specialties um, and getting different uh, kind of things under your belt for you to use uh, when you do kind of choose to specialize at a later point in life. Um, kind of after that, those two years, you can choose to specialize. Um, that means going into like a college, um, specifically just to train in that specialty field. Um, so that could be, you could want to choose to be a surgeon. You could want to be a doctor in the hospital, uh, want to stay as a GP in the community or any other field um, that's part of medicine. And there's a vast majority mm. that a lot of people do not know about. Um, but you can definitely kind of find your way through and find your own liking, I guess. And so is it too early to ask, do you know the path that you want to go down? Or is it still that like work in progress? You're just still learning with mm. each day? I, I guess like... Going into medicine, I definitely had the dream of being just a GP. Mm. Um, and that kind of came off the bat of having a good family GP myself with my family, um, a GP that kind of took his time with uh, making sure that everything was kind of wrapped up and uh, we knew what conditions we were going home with, uh, what medications we were going home with. Um, the conditions that we were kind of diagnosed with at the time and just that kind of simple communication skills that made um, having a good GP like that worth it. Mm. Um, I guess in these first couple of years, it's about kind of making sure that there's nothing else that I do want to do, um, but definitely GPs at the top of the cards at the moment. That's exciting, man. Seriously, that is so exciting. And then I, I want to, I'm curious, like, have you in these two years, I mean, we're still early into the second year, like, have you had to use your language, languages? You know, has that been something that is you've had to use on the job or not so much? Oh, definitely, like, um, my Ngana Samoa is definitely poor, mm. but it's definitely growing, I guess. Um, that's um, being in the Hutt Valley for the majority of last year. The Hutt Valley is definitely a place where um, Pacific Islanders uh, do have a kind of a packed majority. And being in the hospital system as well and health inequity, it's it's a daily basis of seeing um, our Pacific cohort just come through um, in, pa in terms of patients. Um, that doesn't even just mean languages. It's just being kind of having that cultural awareness and that cultural um, identity to be present, um, seeing a, either a Tongan or Tokolau um, in, in hospital, seeing my face or just being able to kind of greet them in their own Pacific languages. It helps. It definitely goes a long way um, just to kind of get them on the path of just getting better. Um, and it's just even even if our, for our non-Pacific um, colleagues, um, just the little things like that, little things as 
saying a patient's name correctly is mm. um, probably the best thing um, for them to kind of engage with and get their attention um, to help. Um, so even just uh, language is definitely um, something that's um, been at the forefront of my training so far um, mm. in, in the hospital. Are there other Pacifica or Māori um, doctors uh, that you work alongside or in that hospital? You know, we you've kind of alluded to like, you know, having, you know, patients seeing someone that reflects them. So representation, right? Mm -hmm. The importance of representation. So are there a lot of doctors around or just it, it, it depends where you're based or? I, I guess it is a little bit dependent on where you're based. Here in the Wellington region, it's actually not too bad. Numbers are growing slowly. Uh, it's good that medical medicine, oh, medical schools are um, kind of implementing that representation and trying to um, reflect the population's type of um, percentages of uh, Pacific Islanders or Māori or any other kind of um, ethnic group. Um, in, in the medical school cohorts, um, but it's definitely a long way to go um, still. Uh, in terms of kind of at the moment, personally myself, um, with other Pacific doctors, there's a lot of um, present doctors kind of I've, I've seen around. Um, still not enough to what uh, would like it to, but um, there's, there's a few kind of boss doctors in terms of um, being at the top of their specialty um, that help to come to support us junior doctors, um, kind of just make it through um, for us to be at their level um, and get there. That's awesome. Can you walk us through a regular day? So Adam's regular day from, from when you wake up to the um, the end, because obviously you have a family and then in that day you're, you know, you're at work. So what does a regular day look like for you? Yeah, I guess a regular day in terms of um, just getting up in the morning, uh, say 5 o'clock, 5.30, um, just getting the day ready. I usually kind of get out of home just before 7 because um, at, the, at the moment I'm at Kinapuru Hospital, which is based in the Arun Porirua, um, and I'm living here in the hut, so it's a little bit of a kind of a drive away from home. Um, but kind of before that, we've got to get the boy to our, our, our boy Leon to before school care. Cause I guess having two parents who work full time, um, and making sure that he gets the school on time, um, is important. So having that support of before and after school care is important for us. Um, and then kind of getting to work about 7.30, getting things kind of ready. Um, and then we kind of kick off from eight o'clock in terms of our whole team being there. Uh, from day, you normally do a ward round, which basically is just seeing all the patients on the ward um, to kind of make, ensure that they're doing okay, um, making up the plans for the kind of day to go ahead, um, whether that be ordering different tests, uh, making sure that their families are updated at the moment, um, or just getting uh, imaging of uh, their body if, if need be. Um, the rest of the days are essentially just kind of implementing that, that plan. Um, myself as a junior doctor, it's, it's taking care of those ward patients and doing that plan um, 
with any help of the seniors if, if need be. Uh, currently I'm on, on a surgical run, so it's our seniors are basically based in theatre. Um, so it's mainly my my job to take care of the ward um, and any, any issues that come along with that. Uh, typical day normally ends at four o'clock, unless you're kind of working a long day, which is essentially um, an additional shift from four o'clock to about 10.30 at night. Um, so that, that one's essentially just taking care of the whole hospital, making sure that um, patients are okay, just taking doing jobs that the nurses uh, need you to do, such as viewing patients or uh, making sure that correct medications kind of charted or things of that of that nature. Um, that's that's probably a typical day at, mm. in life. Um, things can go out of hand in terms of if patients become very sick or. Um, emergencies happen that, that's part of the day job and kind of we're tasked with that we, we go to medical school just to kind of make sure that we have that understanding of how to take care of patients how to um, escalate when need be how to uh, ensure that the patient safety is always at um, the forefront yeah. You know, I, the reason why I had to ask and it's possible that I do watch too much TV but <laughs> I just imagine long days and so when you mentioned oh four by four that's a usual day that's done and i thought hey really you know but then you mentioned the longer shift so i was like oh and i mean this question again it's possible i watch too much tv but are you ever on call um you know or is it that you're because you're still only in your second year it doesn't require you it's more the senior doctors that take care of that uh, i guess for a junior doctor on call is that four to ten thirty shift uh -huh. because we can we're still on hospital site but we only get called uh by the nurses if they need something or if a mm. patient needs kind of review you're reviewing um otherwise it's typically those on call shifts which you see on tv it's more of this kind of senior <laughs> senior doctors yeah. that you kind of have that on call yeah. Look at me, yeah, I watch too much TV. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, my bad. <laughs> you know, um, I had a, oh, what was I going to ask? You know, with the COVID situation, okay, so, you know, outside of the hospital, outside of your work, you know, we just, I, news and the media and everything that's going on. But inside, you know, inside the hospitals, how... Um, how is it going in terms of, like, with your experiences so far, you know, now third year into the pandemic, like, how are things going? Is it more kind of like just a lot of restrictions and important procedures in place? Uh, or is it kind of like we're just really trying to work through this because we're now living with the with COVID? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, okay, I guess... For the last couple of years, we've been okay here in New Zealand, Aotearoa, um, just because of how essentially low the case numbers we were doing um, initially mm. prior to this kind of Omicron outbreak. Um, but you definitely see the impacts of it of late in terms of the mm. rising case numbers and the rising uh, hospitalizations in terms of uh, the COVID patients. Uh, 
for me personally, I'm at Kinapuru, which we kind of state as a green hospital. So it's COVID free. Um, but just because it's COVID free doesn't mean it doesn't have the implement, implements of the COVID situation. Um, you, we're feeling it from a staff kind of perspective because not only do um, the patients, of course, get COVID, but staff getting COVID as well, their household contacts getting COVID. And so that's essentially causing our kind of staff to kind of dwindle, dwindle down. Um, and over the last couple of weeks, there's definitely been staff shortages, um, which definitely is not safe for patients to kind of have um, when you when people are kind of covering for other people. Um, yeah. So typically if someone's got just a kind of a situation, say one doctor's normally covering about 15 patients, but now they're covering kind of two teams. So there's kind of 30 patients in total. That makes for kind of a less guess quality of of service mm. um we're definitely dealing with it at the moment but i guess uh, that prolonged strain will definitely take a toll and we don't want kind of our doctors to kind of burn out mm. um, essentially from from that um and also just being out at kinapuru the the green hospital they say they're trying to get a lot of people out of Wellington Hospital, which is our main hospital, um, just to kind of be in a safer zone, that green zone. Mm. Um, and that's just putting more pressure on us as, as a smaller, small hospital um, in that regards. So we're definitely starting to feel the effects. We've been feeling the effects for a long time, um, but that kind of strain so far. I know the situation up in, say, Auckland at, at specifically Auckland and uh, Middlemore Hospital definitely mm. have felt that strain for a lot longer than us, um, having been in that situation for a, a longer period of time. Um, but it's, an, it's about ensuring that we kind of get through this, um, hopefully, so that we're kind of better off um, in the future. Oh, man, um... How do you deal with those difficult days personally for you? Like how, because, you know, obviously you're passionate and love the work that you do. Otherwise you wouldn't be there. But I'm pretty sure like with any job, you know, you do have uh, days that you struggle. And so for you personally, how do you deal with that, um, with those days? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Like this is, I guess we're working as groups, groups of doctors. We're not um, alone in it, and so kind of being able to support one another uh, mm. through this kind of time. That's with any kind of workplace, uh, making sure that the team that you're around and with is is supportive of of kind of uh, the situation because it's not just myself. It's going to be uh, my colleague. Um, next to me and my colleague on the other side of the room, we're all going through this, um, as well as kind of colleagues at other hospitals as well. Um, so also just making sure to kind of offload and I guess vent in some way or form, um, just to kind of get it off your back. You don't want to kind of bring it home to um, create that, bring that situation back to home and make that home life a little bit more stressful because life itself is already more 
um, stressful with the pandemic in our everyday life. So ensuring that we keep our own work stuff at work um, mm. and coming back home, it's just a sanctuary and making sure that you yeah. just enjoy your time with the family and things. That's that's my, my little advice. Mm. How has being a father changed you? Changed your outlook on life? Yeah. Definitely changed changed me. Um, I guess my outlook it helped me to know that there's more to life um, in terms of uh, getting a better perspective of life. Um, it's becoming a father at the age of twenty one. It's it was definitely a surprise, but then then kind of a blessing as well in disguise. Um, and so uh, it's. Definitely made us grow up a lot in a quick uh, amount of time, but um, having a little boy come into your life and just kind of be the one to kind of be your why um, mm. help, helps the life go, go kind of faster and be more abundant than it was before. Mm. What kind of world would you like Leon to grow up in? Or what would you hope that world mm would be oh it's just like everyone else just a loving world in terms of uh, everyone being kind enough to each other um not uh i guess judging one's person just from uh, their own image um being able to kind of just help help them through any any needs that they they have or anything um and it's about kind of setting those morals in place for him to be able to show that so other people can kind of reflect off him and show it back to him as well. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Ivana, your beautiful partner. You know, she also works. She also has a small business. Um, I love I love following it. Eh? And, you know, I'm sure you know you were both you both became parents at a young age, but then you were both studying. And so just to see how you are both you have both flourished in terms of studies are done, now you're both working, bro. That is so cool. Like how important has it been to have her there right beside you, learning and growing together? Yeah. Definitely a, a backbone for me, um, in terms of uh going through early parenthood. Um, and also just setting our, our own lives um, in place uh, for Leon as well um, and, our, and our little family. Uh, it's She's definitely been um, one to kind of hold hold the fort for our family, mm. just studying and also kind of working a little bit earlier than I have um, whilst I've been kind of just training at medical school, making sure that um, I got through my own studies but also getting her through her own studies as well and also uh helping nurture a, a young little boy uh, with leon um and so she's definitely been kind of being able to keep me keep me straight in line uh, and and it, i guess that's a good thing especially for leon in terms of having that kind of good um for for the future um you play sports you know i, I I mean, are you still playing sports? That's a huge part or has been a huge part of your life. Um, are you still playing rugby? Have you hung up your boots? 
what's the situation? <laughs> definitely not hung up for Gucci. Definitely not hung up for Gucci. Um, I guess rugby is another kind of outlet for me as well. Yeah. Um, sports in general, I guess. Um, it's 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 definitely helped me get away from that kind of side of medicine, um, mm. and also just allowed me to kind of build new relationships in terms of uh, connections, networks. Um, he definitely. Uh, when I first got to Wellington, I didn't know many people except for a couple of people from medical school. And so being able to kind of go find a rugby club um, and build relationships from from that team, from the whole club, um, and even just from other teams as well, it's 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 been definitely nurturing. Um, is definitely not hanging up the boots anytime soon. Just mm. it's, it's a good way just to kind of keep going, keep, keep uh, active um, on their, on their regards as well. Uh, having sports in my life um, and medicine, uh, it's mm -hmm. definitely been, that's probably another area that I'd want to look at sports medicine. Um, and so I'm definitely, I'm currently in the works of hopefully working for New Zealand rugby in terms of getting things, uh, just having a position there. Um, but that's kind of still on the early works um, and, Oh. We can get there sometime soon, hopefully. That's exciting, man. Oh, man, I'm so stoked because I was going to jump in and say, maybe you'll be a coach for Leon's rugby <laughs> team if he decides. I mean, I'm not trying to be like, you're now be going to become a dad coach, but, you know, just yeah, saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's cool, bro. Um, how do you stay on top of your game in terms of um, research and, you know, medical type stuff right how, i'm sure that the learning does not stop so mm -hmm. how do you stay on top of your game like do you know like yeah i i guess each each day is uh, i guess a new class like you, you could call each workday a new, a new class or a new uh, lecture in terms of going to work and just if you don't know something look it up uh, people kind of imagine doctors just being having all the information in their heads um and it's uh, that's definitely not me at the moment um, but um it's about kind of knowing first of all the basics off your head but um knowing where to find things when to find ask for help uh if you don't know something just look it up and then kind of next time that you come across this you'll be able to kind of remember from the previous experience um of what you did and what you learned from that um so it's definitely a, a lifelong learning profession in terms of uh, every day is a new day in terms of kind of learning new things mm. do you connect with other um pacifica doctors because there's the um what do you call it the pacific medical association i think that's what it's called like do you all automatically become part of that or is that something different uh, how do you connect with other pacifica doctors if at all i guess going through medical school you kind of really slowly make that network as well um because since the numbers are not as high as as it should be um you, you already know know or know of um, doctors yeah. in your year group or above you or below you um mm. so that, that's where the kind of early networks of knowing the doctors are um, PMA is definitely a good association in terms of helping to kind of get everyone uh, kind of slowly acquainted um, 
but um the real networking comes through uh, your own personal relationships and the experiences at the moment um yeah that's probably that's probably the best way to kind of get through and know, know people yeah you know, um, again, we've already mentioned uh, representation, the importance of that, uh, you know, in and around our hospitals. How important is it for you to aspire, I guess, I guess, move towards like having a voice at the decision making table? Um, you know, is that something that you that you want to work towards and I, what i'm talking about is like you know the people who make the decisions and mm. on in the on the boards in the hospitals um that impact our people in the long run like do you want to be at that decision making table in the future is it something you aspire to or is that is it more about okay grassroots level being like immediately in and around the hospitals definitely want to kind of sit at that table um, in the near future um, I guess you're not going to make any change if the people who are deciding the change um, aren't aware of kind of what that change will, will do um, I guess at the moment it's it's still in the early stages just myself being able to find my feet here in the hospital making sure that I kind of take off um, being able to fully register um, and get my kind of registration kind of put through with the medical council and things, mm. um, but definitely on on, on the cards uh, in the future in terms of working uh, for our people, um, just being at that kind of decision making level, um, it will definitely be on the cards. Mm. You know, um, it's so cool, eh? Like it's so cool to see you just out there doing doing what you're doing and. You know, it makes me think about just the sacrifices. Um, you know, our parents leave the homeland, they leave our homeland and they, mm -hmm. you know, they they travel out. Um, and it's all about, you know, new beginnings and building for the future, right? Um, when you think of the sacrifices that your parents have made for you and your siblings, um, and then seeing where you are, you know, right now you've got your own family. Like, how how does that make you feel? Like, is that something that's kind of always in the back of your mind? You know, the sacrifices that your your folks have made. Um, is that a driving force uh, in terms of you becoming a you know a, a solid parent? You know. Yeah, no, definitely at the kind of driving driving point of um, why. I achieve as much as I can. Um, it's, that, it's that old adage that it's like they gave up a lot for you just to kind of make sure that you had the best education, had the best kind of upbringing. And so not being able to waste that opportunity for them to, um, for coming over to here to Aotearoa, New Zealand, just to um, make sure that that the opportunity flourishes into something and and their investment in, in you growing up um, comes out as something. So definitely a driving force um, for me. Um, and also just to help um, establish our own uh, kind of benchmark in terms of what things uh, 
us as Pacific people can achieve is, is important as well. Um, it doesn't matter kind of what field you are in medicines, just another kind of profession, another career, but it could be anything. Um, and just being, if you're able to do your best in whatever you're kind of good at and what you're passionate about, that's probably the best that you could, they could ask for, whether it be my parents or your parents or any, any, uh, anybody else's parents. Mm. Um, you know, self-care, I know you've mentioned sports. That's, that's a constant, right? You got to have that, um, you know, outside of sports and, and fam, like family time must be super precious, right? Because you're, mm. you know, you are busy with work, but self-care, you know, how do you make sure that you're, you know, you're good, like mentally, you know, your health, emotionally because mm. you know it's difficult times man and you are in a profession that is it can be quite stressful um yeah how do you look after you i guess like every doesn't even have to be long just having the time to have by myself um could just be five minutes um a, a day or just that kind of time just before bed, just being able to kind of reflect on how I'm I'm feeling myself. Um, I guess the new the new Salmon Diaries have, have been a kind of hit over the last couple of years in terms of um, at, at the bottom it's it's asking how your day was and I kind of just reflect on in terms of how I'm feeling how how um, does it even just putting one word putting a whole kind of block sentence of of how my day was it could just be um simple things like that that help me kind of get through um in terms of my own self-care mm. um and then just kind of venting off to others as well um i guess that that venting or just being able to chat about things is is important and that's one thing i've kind of slowly learned about um, over the last couple of years in terms of making sure that whatever baggage I'm carrying on my mind, um, mm. it's not just out of me, but also shared among other people as well. Mm. You know, um, have you, in terms of books and reading, were you a reader when you were at school, like growing up or not so much? Uh, I guess year nine, like junior school probably. Yeah, definitely, definitely a, more, a lot more in junior school. Um, kind of faded away towards the end of high school and then, I guess reading in university became just for compulsory, you know. Yeah, definitely reading slowly being there. Mm. Yeah. Um, so do you and um Ivana read to Leon? Um is he is what what's he into? You know, like five year old, what, what what kinds of things does he like? Uh, at the moment he's He's been, I guess, just getting books from the school, just in terms of reading. He's definitely a, a more developed reader than I, I am. <laughs> he, he loves kind of just bringing home uh, random as books in terms of, um, at the moment, he's bringing, bringing kind of animal books um, mm. and things to that nature um, around uh, insects, around mm. lions and things. So I think that's, that's the kind of craze at the moment. Um, but we definitely try 
we've got a little bookshelf here at home just in terms of uh, Pacific and Maori based mm. kids books. Um, some a little bit longer for a five-year-old, but um, definitely uh, as he grows up, we'll definitely kind of get him there. Yeah, not trying to force you away, but <laughs> that's cool, man. That was so cool. Um, you know, earlier we talked a little bit about language and just thinking about, um, you know, having a son and in terms of our culture and our languages, um, you know, how does that play a part in terms of his upbringing? Like, is that something that you are intentionally, that you guys intentionally trying to like, you know, bring culture and language into his life? Or is it, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, mm, yeah. I guess, I guess first off, yes, um, trying to get that culture into um, his, his own upbringing and his own life. Um, I guess from our own personal perspectives, me and Ivana have kind of not been able to kind of manipulate that language as, as best as we can, but we are definitely growing. Um, and having the family support around to us to help Leon have that kind of opportunity as well is, is important for us. Um, and that's one thing that he's definitely embraced over the last year or so, um, being able to kind of learn um, both his culture and just in embracing the Māori culture as well, just because we're here in Aotearoa. Um, and he, he's he been raised up in uh, Aonga Mata here in, in Newtown and in, in Wellington, um, which definitely helped. Um, and then also just being at a, a primary school, which definitely has a vast majority of um, Pacific students and families present helps helps in the other cause. Um, we've also got a little like a little rewards chart just kind of helps bribe him, I guess, as well. Um, Did you say bribe him? What? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. What? <laughs> I know, I know, but uh, it definitely helps him because it, it um, encourages him, I guess. Mm. Um, so kind of here's a little line which is learning a new salmon phrase or word of the day and he he kind of grabs grabs at that to make sure that he's he's on top of kind of just the simple things as well that is so man i love that let's not mention bribing but that is so cool <laughs> i love that what you guys are doing i have to ask one more question because i always when i see ivana's treats that she makes and i'm always like i wonder if adam helps out or does he just eat them like <laughs> Like, are you? Well, that's a little bit of part helping out to you, you know, the taste test. Oh, you are. Okay, so you're like, you pig that taste. Okay, just checking, just checking. Um, future aspirations, you've already alluded to some throughout the interview. Um, yeah, what, 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 you know, like having a voice at the table, of course. Um, you know, what else? What else? Because I imagine there are so many different things that you still want to pursue in perhaps years to cut long-term goals mm. um i guess the the first main one's just being a good person um just being able to kind of not even just in medicine just been in life i guess mm -hmm. um ensuring that i'm showing a good kind of perspective or or being a role model for for not only Leon, but the younger generation as well. 
Mm. Um, and then kind of on top of that, just uh, other career paths, um, ensuring that I'm happy in my own career path. Um, I know medicine's definitely, as you as you alluded to before, was mm. is a hard kind of profession just to kind of keep yourself sane, I guess. <laughs> um, but um, making sure that I, I enjoy this and take every opportunity as it comes. Um, specifically, as I've done before, GP, mm. um, but I definitely want to have a little bit of sports medicine on the side, um, just to kind of keep that interest in my my own like hobbies involved in what I what I'm doing as a career. Yeah. That's so exciting! I'm gonna be looking out for like check the website <laughs> Rugby New Zealand. I'll be like, oh <laughs> man, that's exciting, bro! I'm so excited for you. Um, and so, you know book recommendation because i did forget to ask what book yeah. do you have for us today uh i've got a couple in terms of oh, yeah. um, Go ahead. Uh, so first ones i was thinking about back in um back in high school as, as we were talking about i was a little bit of an adult reader um in junior school um and one of the books i kind of read about was purple heart i don't know oh yes um yes, by andrew yes, field yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's that's one that I read. I think it was back in year nine or year ten, mm. um, and it's just essentially a, a, a man's story about a Samoan boy's story about going through um, rheumatic heart disease mm. uh, and his encounter with that. Also, growing up in uh, in New Zealand uh, as a as a kind of first generation New Zealand born Samoan. And kind of that itself kind of connected to me just being that first New Zealand born kind of generation. Mm. Um, and then it, as, as I was thinking about that, because I was thinking that's actually kind of one of the first times that I've ever heard about rheumatic heart disease, um, right. as it wasn't really prevalent in Dunedin. Mm. And then I kind of thought about it more. I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of interesting. That's like a book that I've remembered so far back is now um, something that's part of my own career and mm. probably something that could have just been a, a little kind of tinkering in, in my mind kind of over, over the years. But um, definitely that is, is a quite nice book to kind of get get upon, um, both for young adults and even, even just young teenagers as well um, to kind of have a little read through. Uh, second one's... Uh, Oh, me at, at the moment, me and Ivana just kind of ensuring that we're, um, I guess, setting, oh, I like to call it building on generational wealth um, in terms of um, setting our own foundation financially, as well as kind of um, just as a proper foundation for us here in New Zealand. Um, and so one of the books that we've actually been reading at the moment is something called barefoot investor mm. um it's essentially just a kind of financial guide just to help set yourself um little goals here and there um i know people have kind of different takes on in terms of financial but i like this one just because it's from a kind of simple man who mm. explains it very simply um and it helps kind of there's been many testaments in terms of uh how well it's helped other people so it's definitely on our on our wish list to kind of keep 
building on kind of financial wealth for the many generations to come, not just us, um, our grandchildren, our great grandchildren, making sure that they're kind of set um, for life as well. That is so dope, bro. Straight up. Before we bring this podcast to a close, like, honestly, bro, I'm so proud of you. Like, straight up. Like, I am so proud of you because when I think of all of you guys that came through with, you know, we're at uni with my brother, you know, Sammy's another one. I mean, I'm just so proud of you, bro. I love that you, you know, you've got your little family, you're out there and you and, you know, Yovana just going hard, man. That's that's so mad respect, bro. Straight up. I love that so much for you. Um, and I just, you know, again, I really wanted to thank you for coming, you know, on the show. Um, it just it means a lot, you know. It was so important to be able to get you on here to share just a little bit about who you are and just this amazing journey that you've been on, you know, and I know you said earlier, you know, this is a journey that many people have been on, but I didn't care, man. I'm putting you on blast because I know you. And so in that sense, I was just like, man, I, I need Adam to come and just tell his inspirational story. So I love following your journey, bro. And, you know, I, I just wanted to wish you all the best, you know, uh, you know, we're still in March and there's a long couple of months ahead to come, but you know, I look forward to following um, just future achievements and successes, man. You know, keep your head up, keep going hard, keep the faith, you know, all of that. Um, so yeah, just you know, all my love to Ivana and to uh, Leon, uh, to your little family um, and the small and family business. And um, yeah, man, it's such an honor to have you here. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say, bro. It's an honor. <laughs> no, firstly, thank you. Thank you for, um, thank you just for allowing me to have this opportunity, uh, here on this, uh, platform and just, uh, sharing my own journey. Hopefully it just inspires another, another person's, uh, kind of pathway or journey on, of their own. Um, uh, I guess my support for you to keep going with, with kind of having this platform, um, allowing our people to kind of have the space to share share their um, stories and things is is mm. definitely a blessing. Um, <laughs> I guess meeting your brother back in my own first year and kind of having those connections through is definitely a blessing to be here on on the show today. Um, definitely no words in terms of kind of. The support that you and kind of your family have have provided me as well um definitely thank you for that um and we'll definitely see each other hopefully soon um <laughs> when you're when you're back over from japan <laughs> ah bro you know before before you get out of here final words man final words for any of our young um young people who are just wanting to get into you know trying to find that that dream pursue that dream maybe thinking about going into medicine but not really sure you know where to start what what would you say to them yeah just do what you love uh, do what you're passionate about uh, i did it for my community and my people um, if you're passionate about that and kind of thinking about medicine itself definitely have a go at it if you're wanting to try anything else that you're passionate about do that as well um, but um, 
that's probably the last words from me. <laughs>